Welcome to On the Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Welcome to On the Record. Uh, my guests this week are Nelson Bercier, President of Sit and Sleep, Larry Miller, Chairman and CEO of Sit and Sleep, and Larry Sun Drew. We're going to do this in two separate parts. I had the opportunity to sit down with Nelson, Larry, and Drew separately uh, at Sit and Sleep headquarters. Sit and Sleep is one of the premier bedding retailers in Southern California, one of the most productive bedding retailers in the entire United States. So uh, first, we're going to sit down and chat for a few minutes with Nelson, talk about uh, his vision for the company and his vision for the next generation of the company. And, uh, and then we'll sit down with Larry and Drew and, and share their, their insights on how the company has evolved and where it might go from there. I think the, the box bed guys are probably now about 20%, which is a pretty yeah. big number. Yeah, and, and it's funny, because I looked at bed in the box 15 years ago, you know, even maybe longer. I mean, it's not any, any new shakes, and before Casper, all of my uh, imported Visco came in a box. I mean, it's just, they created a new marketing strategy. You know, it's all marketing. and. Uh, the product is almost irrelevant because if you you know walk through the market, every other door has a bed in the box in the window. So it's you know the product is the easy part. The marketing is the expensive part and the creative part. That I think uh, those guys kind of hats off to them. You know they did a good job. Like Sleep Number, mm -hmm. you know, Sleep Number has kind of created its own environment. They don't have many comp, you know, competitors. Uh, very similar. How is that changing your floor? Do you, I mean, you can offer those brands, but do you offer them boxed? Do you see more consumers wanting to come in and cash and carry a mattress out, throw it in the car and go? Or is it, does it change that model? Um, it's slowly transforming. I mean, it's as much as you know it sounds more convenient to order online get it delivered to your house it's really not i mean it comes on a day that you don't select you still have to carry that 50 60 70 pound mattress to whichever room it's going to you got to get rid of your old one and you know we deliver the day you want for free we set it up for free we take away your old one for free it's really far more convenient to buy it in a traditional sense from us than, you know, Casper or one of those guys, even though on the surface it sounds easier. Um, and, our, and our digital and web presence is getting better and better and our spend is getting bigger and bigger. So, you know, we're entering that arena in a pretty substantial way for our model. Um, you know, we're still in this uh, to be profitable and if every sale I had was $7.99 I don't think uh, you'd be sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> Probably neither of us would be yeah, sitting here. Yeah, right? you know it's it's a hard deal when your cost of acquisition is so high your product costs, your shipping costs, at the end of the day I don't know that these guys are very profitable. You know they're brand building and they're market share gaining and their volume but I don't know that they're bringing much to the bottom line at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, a mattress is still very touch-feel, 
kind of purchase. It's a major purchase. It's not a, you know, consumable good. You know, it's eight to ten years. So I think a, a lot of consumers are still willing to take that hour out of their day or whatever to come and lay down. It's maybe I'm just too old, but it's inconceivable to me to buy a mattress that I hadn't laid down on and at least tried to get a sense of the feel. I mean, that's something you spend at least you know eight hours a night on. Um, how that feels seems so critical. The idea of, of a blind purchase for that is just inconceivable to it's, me. It's tough, but you know the millennial generation I think is more willing to take a risk because they're young, their bodies aren't as uh, needy as ours, <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, the I can sleep on anything is more true for them than for maybe you and I, but uh, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, the online deal, I mean, I buy so much online, it's not, not even funny. I mean, I, I bought cars, motorcycles, I mean, big, big ticket items, never sell, just from photos. And, you know, 85% of the time I'm pretty happy with the, the transaction. You know, sometimes not so happy. <laughs> but, you know, that's the roll of the dice. I, I wonder if this is a path to shorten replacement cycles. Well, at that price point, it is. And I also think that once people experience that purchasing uh, um, model, maybe the next time around they'll say I think I want to go see what I'm getting I want to try something because you know the marketing is so good that it kind of gives you the impression that you're getting a two or three thousand dollar bed for eight ninety nine when in reality you're getting a bed that honestly in our stores you could get for six ninety nine you know I could sell you a box mat, free delivery set up, and everything for eight ninety nine. We're there. You're getting a mattress only at your doorstep. So it's kind of, you know, it's a marketing game. Mm -hmm. It's truly a marketing game. And so, you know, as as that becomes more a realization to the consumers, maybe the next wave brick and mortar will get stronger. And you know, as we partner with brick with the online guys more and more. It, it'll it'll strengthen both arenas I think you know maybe people will come in to our stores see it and then go back and order online or they'll see it online and say oh I can see it at sit and sleep and come and try it and buy it or try it and buy a temper or, you know or, or move, move themselves up the needle which is far more likely as far as being satisfied at the end of the day, I believe. Does it change the way that you market, your, your tone, your message? Absolutely. Oh, you know, our marketing now is far more thoughtful regarding the online bed in the box than it was three or four or five years ago. I mean, now we try before you buy is a big, you know, catchphrase. Uh, seen it online, try it here, you know, we're letting the consumer know that you've seen it online, but you can actually try it. Um, which I think if, you know, a couple of years ago they didn't have that option or didn't know they had that option, 
I think some of those customers would have wanted to try it, but there wasn't an avenue. Mm. So I would say, where are we, August? Maybe by winter market, I think we'll have, we have Nectar now. I think we might have two or three other online players available in store. What's it like bringing your kids into the business? Was that a conscious planned effort? Was it organic? Did they choose on their own? Was it an option or did they say, you will someday, you will be in the business and this is the way it's no, going to be? No, it was because I have four kids. Larry has two kids. And we've been together for 35 years and, and our kids are cousins, so they, they are like this. And... Um, Larry's son, Drew, is now in digital marketing, and he's going to be the next face of the business, we all assume. Um, his daughter's in medical school, so there's a 50-50 split. Um, I have a son that's a chef in Minnesota. I have a daughter who's a stockbroker. Um, and then I have a son who's on the wholesale side where I'm his customer. And he's been doing that Does for... he give you a good deal? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's a good salesman. <laughs> but he's been doing it for 14 or 15 years, and he's very successful. And then uh, my youngest son is a store manager. You'll meet him uh, today when you visit Culver City. Um, and he'll probably be, you know, the head of sales, you know, in our growth as we grow. You know, the business has uh, gone from one tiny little store with three people to, you know, we have 140 plus salespeople in 40 locations. And, you know, it's come a long way, but we haven't layered a lot of management. I mean, I still do all the all the merchandising, all the buying, um, sales reports to me, Larry does all the marketing uh, and the finance. And we're here, all, you know, we're here. And I don't have a million vice presidents and directors and, you know, I go to market, it's me. I don't bring six people following me around. No entourage? Know. No, I mean, it's mattresses. I mean, it's... You know, whether you have one store or 40 stores, it's a replication business. It's not, you know, it's not that difficult to pick out a solid assortment of products and then you just replicate it. You know, it's, it's, it's actually, I find it pretty easy. So, and I like doing it. And uh, so as our kids come into the business, there's kind of like, they have to work their way up. I mean, Drew was in the stores for a long time. Nate's in the stores. My son on the other side, I couldn't afford him. I mean, if he wanted to come into the building, he'd have to take a 50% pay cut. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no silver spoons or guarantees. You have to work hard and you have to, you know, learn the business. And it's, uh, it's good. They're healthy. They're good kids. You know, fortunately, all our kids have done well, whether in this business or outside this business. So, yeah, we're pretty fortunate. It's fun to watch your children develop as, independ as independent people. I know. Well, now I have grandkids, and that's a blast. They're, oh, man, they're growing up too quick. They need to slow down.
and he wrote it on his one of his little school papers. He wants to be a mattress seller. <laughs> oh, that's great! Starting yeah. early, so the yeah. next generation is already underway. They're already uh, getting primed. So. It's interesting that he knows what the family business is. So many times children don't really think about or know what their parents do or oh, they, what their yeah. grandparents do. They know, and you know, their dad is on the wholesale side, so they know I'm his customer. And, I mean, they've, he's trying to sell me some product line. He'll send me a video with them giving me the sob story. <laughs> oh, using, using uh, the grandkids. He's, he's merciless. Oh, my He goodness. has no shame. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's terrific. It's pretty funny. That is funny. It's mm. pretty funny. Well, thanks for taking so much time. I really appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that little chat with Nelson. Now we're going to sit down with Larry and his son, Drew, talk a little bit about uh, where how the company has evolved and where it's going from here. Drew, I'm curious. You mentioned how good you find the advertising of the boxed bed guys. Yeah. And now that that's kind of your forte, what what have you taken away from that? What what did you look at? And Just to really push uh, digital, really. I mean, being first in, in consumer space and everywhere. Um, you know, they're highly effective at targeting um, in-market consumers, and we, we need to get, we are getting better, and we need to continue to get better. So is it? So you're saying, is it more about the medium than the message? Or is there also uh, an element of the messages that I they've it's, used? It's, that it's both, but I think it's the medium. It's both. It's, and it's, it's always both. But it's, um, they just you know, kind of make it more fun for the consumer. And they kind of make uh, they made mattresses cool, really. Uh, they've tried to. They do a good job of it. So, so how, as you look at what you want to do in terms of your message, what what do you see changing? How do you how do you try to make your message cool, or how do you try to bring we, that same? I mean, we've always had um, like on the radio and TV, we've always had kind of fun advertisement. It's just about kind of getting that um, into the digital world. I mean, it's easy with uh, you know, streaming services and stuff like that, but with paid social, we just need to that we need to develop um, fun content uh, for consumers right? that kind of makes them stop on it and want to learn more. Are you going to be strapping eggs to your dad's back and <laughs> dropping him on mattresses? We've got to put our own spin on it, and that's another thing quite like that. But, uh, just really kind of, we have great in-store experience, and it's about kind of getting that message out digitally to um, get people in, and the people that want to buy online, giving them an easy funnel to do that. That's hey, what we're focused on. It's funny, when earlier, a couple, just maybe five or six years ago, I remember people talking about digital as if it was almost a, a hobby and you could yeah. create virality organically, right? You know, just take an intern, take a millennial, give them a couple hours, let them play on Facebook. Let, and, I mean, it's obviously so much more sophisticated. When you look at what the box beds of guys have right. done, there's such a sophistication to that. Uh, serious yeah, business. Serious business. Not it's not a play toy. And it's not cheap either anymore. No. Right? Very I mean, expensive. It's but if it works, it's a, it, it could work and if it works in the right percentage, it's it's okay. You know, there's no yeah. such thing as a free lunch to get consumers uh, into your business. And the problem with a lot of a lot of smaller retailers they don't have the funds to advertise. So what they gotta do is is you know if we raise a river with our advertising they try to paddle on that river so they just get to them first and 
quick. Yeah. And they're everywhere. They spend so much money to acquire a customer. Um, so it's tough to compete with that, but we get to do our part. We work closely with our ad agency. You know, we're experts in digital, so they help us. Does the message change in digital? Do you look at the the audience differently and say, okay, because it's digital, it's a different consumer, or it, uh, it does? I mean, it's you know more offer based um, versus high funnel, which is more messaging of sit and sleep and why sit and sleep. So the message definitely should change. Um, you know, it's more offer based, um, but you can also do high funnel. So it's, uh, you can do it both ways, yeah. depending where they are. Depending where they are in the funnel, um, you get them with the message that's appropriate for that consumer. How do you identify where they are in the funnel? Uh, through digital, through Google and, and digital, what they're searching online, um, where they're on our website, um, things like that. How does the cost compare digitally to more traditional venues? Is it about the same nowadays? We look at our entire budget. Of course, we look at digital, but Digital is a vast influencer and because of our other media and to traffic and to e-commerce, of course, both. Uh, but um, it's, it's, it, what we see is a correlation between people on digital coming into our website, doing certain things, and then coming into buy. There's a very high chance that if they do certain things within our, within our mix of media mix, that we'll have an opportunity to serve them in our stores. Once they come in our stores, we have a very high close rate, not because of pressure, but because of the the, the experience that we give the, the consumer. Now, most of it's interpersonal, too. I mean, it's the scientific thing, it's a merchandise thing, but it's the interpersonal relationship that we build with the, with the guest that's critical. That's a big difference maker. You not you can't get that on digital. You're never gonna get your body measured properly on digital. You're never gonna be able to feel and smell and touch the mattress on digital. Look, if you just want a rectangle and want to order it, that's okay. But if you if you got a back problem, you know, if you got circulatory issues, if you're you know, if your husband's snoring and this is going on, it's very difficult to solve that through through the digital play. So I think our, the key to us is to be great at both, and the, the, the brick and mortars that do that will succeed and prosper for years to come. One of the things that we've seen on the furniture side of the business is that store traffic is down, but the consumers who come into the store are much farther along in the purchase path. So they're not coming in and saying, hi, I'm looking for a sofa or I'm looking for a bedroom, uh, a bedroom set. They're saying, do you have this particular brand and this particular model. So some stores are starting to, like traditional conversion rates have to change because the consumer is much more ready to be. Are you seeing that on the betting side? Are consumers much further along the path when they come into the store? They're, they're better educated today than ever before. But a lot of times it's the stuff that they see is kind of Greek to them and they have to feel it, taste it, smell it. And that's what our strength is. Um, more than 80% are doing customers are doing research before they come in, yeah. so yeah, they're definitely further along, um, but you know, there's still those that come in and 
clueless. But, you know, it used to be when we started in business, most consumers were clueless. They, just, they, they knew they needed a, a day bed or a futon or a mattress or a sofa bed, and we'd, we'd take them through the process. Um, today, they're not clueless. They're very bright, they're articulate, you know, they're capable, and you've got to speak in their language, you know. So. Does that change RSA training? Because I could imagine if a consumer is pretty far along and you try to qualify them at that very early stage, that must be frustrating to them. Is that change how you teach RSAs? Yeah, well, we kind of just focus on the experience. So they, just, they come in asking for a particular thing. We'll show it to them, but we also we want to get them on our bed match machine because um, that will help determine if at least what they're researching is correct for their body type. In that sense, it doesn't change it too much, but um, you know, if somebody knows exactly what they want, we're not gonna, you know, we're gonna. Right. Sorry, you can't have that. You yeah. have to go. No, somewhere. no, somewhere no, want, never. We, we always never. recommend technology try the bed match machine because it determines if you know that's yeah. right. For your this body. is the bed you asked for. And let's find what's right. To what level of support you need. With it, so they come in for a Tempur-Pedic. Great. Love, love to sell them a Tempur-Pedic. Love it. But let's find out which level of support within Tempur-Pedic, if that's the brand you want. And most people are very open to using you know, the technology to determine if that's right. Because um, you know, it's backed by uh, science. There's thousands and thousands of people have gone through that. Million, millions of, so millions of measurements. How does it feel being the face of the business? How does it feel to be what? The face of the business. Oh, that's great. And sometimes it's a pain in the ass. So you know, if I'm you know if I'm out somewhere, I'm like kind of you know like on a weekend, you don't want to shave, and your hair's kind of a mess, and you're wearing torn jeans or something or shorts, and you you kind of always be mindful that people recognize me. That it's actually shocking because in the big when I we started, I wasn't I was a little. Store that did two hundred thousand dollars a year. Our first year we did two hundred thousand dollars. I made nine thousand dollars. It was hand to mouth, and I'm shocked to see the progress over the years, and I'm grateful for it. So sometimes you got to be, you know, when you're out in public, you got to, you know, people expect a certain thing, and I'm happy to meet people, happy to shake hands, and autographs, and pictures, but sometimes you just want to be left alone, you know. But but if I, if we had hired an actor, it would have been a problematic over the years. And I could control my own behavior, but not an actor's behavior. So I became the actor by default. How does it feel working in a family business? Now you've you've had experience both in and yeah. out. I was happy, definitely. I mean, it was highly valuable getting experience outside of the company. But I love uh, working for a family business. Um, I'm really so lucky because I. You know, to work and I, you know, my dad's here and my uncle's here. Uh, they've, um, they've really been great mentors. I have so around the the table on a weekend. Do, does your wife ever say enough with the business? No, just, my, no. my wife. My wife's a businesswoman. She's from Thailand. Um, I met her. I wanted to get some purses. For my girlfriend, for Becky, my assistant, or two girlfriends, and my daughter. So my driver, his name was Vitoon, still a friend of mine now. This was probably 11 years, 10 years ago. I called a friend that had stores at this big mall and became mall. So she sent over like 20 purses by motorcyclists. 
I picked the ones I wanted, and it was great, and I sent it back. And eventually, I sent my friends who were traveling with me. They wanted to get some for their wife. So we met her at the, at the her mall. I don't think anything of it. I wouldn't date a girl in the valley, let alone one in Bangkok. So I wasn't even thinking about it. But eventually, I dated her, and I flew over to Thailand once a month, about every six weeks, five weeks for a week. And then after about a, almost a year of that, I asked her to come and visit. So I never thought I'd get married again. So, but she understands business and understands working seven days a week. I said, I'm sorry, I have to do a little work. I have to do this. Please go ahead and work. Do it. Take care of the family. So right, she yeah, gets we're it. We're constantly talking about yeah. business. Uh, yeah. That seems to be a character. I just, I asked that question of the, the furniture embedding business. There's so many family businesses. So I ask that question a lot to to see. And by and large, I get that answer. It's. Yeah. You know, it, there's there's a melding of personal and professional lives. There's a an integration. Yeah. That, and, uh, and because and because of you know also because of you know I'm the face of the business, the voice of the business. It's even more so. It's kind of like. Um, He's always working. No, it's not true. I'm on vacation. I try not to. I'm on a fishing boat. I never. I don't work. Uh, yeah, I could. Well, that could actually probably be dangerous if you're wrestling with a marlin. Trying to think about a mattress could. Uh, well, try to be on the phone and do this. You'll you'll get you'll you'll lose your fish. And you well, got. Okay, so which is worse, lose the fish or get pulled overboard? Uh, I suspect lose the fish. I would say no. No, being pulled overboard when there's sharks in the water. We were fishing uh, two weeks ago. We we're out fishing, and there was a. There was a ton of sharks, but more so than that, there was a lot of voracious sea lions, and they'll attack your bait or attack your fish here that you brought in. I was bringing in a really nice yellowtail, big fish. I had it on for about 30, 25 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, and I was starting to gain on it, bringing this, this big sea lion, grabbed its tail, and was, uh, and was looking at us. Did, you know, couldn't, didn't have the whole fish, the fish is probably like that big. Had a tail in his mouth. I was, we were throwing weights at it to get it away from the from the darn fish. But I lost it. The sea lion won the battle. Oh, well, he had an advantage. He didn't need a boat. That's uh, right. And he needed it to, for survival, and I didn't. So that's a great story. It's a true story. So, Thank you so much for taking pleasure. so much time. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Um, I'll leave this for uh, Larry to decide. But I'm I'm wondering which is tougher landing a fish or landing a mattress customer. Uh, I'm guessing since it's more rare, probably landing that customer. I'd like to thank the team at Sit and Sleep for their hospitality while we're there, their tours of both their warehouse and uh, their flagship store, and for getting some insights into where that great company is gonna go next. Till next week, I'm Bill McLaughlin, thanking you for joining us on the record.